Hey there, babies. You're listening to Vibe Talking. Hey, party people. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Vibe Talking, a podcast about films with off the charts vibes, films from the golden age of adult cinema. And tonight we are talking about Disco Lady, the film uh, written by Jeffrey Eastman and directed by Bob Chin, starring the fabulous Rhonda Joe Petty. That's right. This... And of course, you are and I am. Oh, I am Vic Terry, executive producer of Good Vibe Cinema, and this is my co-host, Manny V. I'm here to just make sure that the wheel doesn't end up in a ditch. What's happening? <laughs> we're too pumped right now. I gotta like get back on track. Like we've been talking about. We're, this. we're excited. very excited. We're yeah. actually really, really excited. If you had spent like twenty straight minutes listening to the fucking theme song from this movie, you would be as hyped as we are right now. God, it is such a good song. I... And you know that already because Future Me is editing in the song to the intro of this episode, changing it up a little bit, so you got a little taste. You know, like, how much the song slaps. Oh, God, we gotta talk about the song. Let's just start right there, it's, briefly, well, because we've already discussed that we are gonna be more on topic this time around. We got a little sidetrack last weekend, but you know what? Because we have a better movie. That's what we figured out last time. We figured out... A movie needs to be either really good or really horrible to make a good episode. A bland movie does not start a good conversation. And luckily, Disco Lady is both the best and worst movie ever. So we're going to have all our bases covered. It's a terrible movie, but like in a fucking awesome kind of way. It's so fun. The vibes are fucking immaculate. The aesthetic is on point, And it is probably one of the best soundtracks ever. Like I'm going to say up to par with Deep Throat. Yeah. I love the soundtrack. And I was so freaking excited. Because there used to be a trailer for this movie out on the web. And it had the song. <laughs> and I was, like, ready to pull it up and show people and get the vibe, get the song. And then this thing disappeared. And I can't convince someone to watch the movie for the soundtrack. I think your pitch was, like, <laughs> the best version of this movie is just this trailer for an hour straight. It is. The trailer was honestly <laughs> that good. It was such a good trailer. And if you have the DVD from Vinegar Syndrome, you can just watch the trailer as much as you want. Yeah. Um, but... Because they show you everything in the trailer, too. Like, you can... You can literally watch the trailer, listen to this episode, and be like, yeah, no, I understand exactly what happened in that movie. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah. I heard that song. I'm good to go. I remember that um, one scene with that one character. Did people fuck? Was there good music? Was there a vibe? Yes, yes, and yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I went and found the song. Somebody on YouTube is out here doing the Lord's work, and he cut <laughs> together every scene in the movie that had a piece of the soundtrack or had a piece of the uh, the opening song and created a whole song out of it. And it's amazing. And now we have that and you guys get to hear it. And we are all hashtag blessed. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into Disco Lady. Just first reaction, yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Yes. And about half the movies that we've covered were movies that we watched together and this one was the first movie in a little while that we actually sat down, we watched it together. The very first time that I saw it, like, was watching it with you. Just that experience, like, made the movie, like, that much better for me. Like, I had that much more fun um, just because we sat back, we watched the movie together, 
we were cracking jokes. We had like a whole commentary running on it and everything. And now when I think back about that movie, I think about just how much fun it was watching it and kind of laughing about it. But part of the reason why that works so well is this is a very visual movie. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in it. And uh, you've got characters popping in and out. Lots of different actions happening. And it's all a fucking mess. Like, it's in service of, like, just this very unfocused, like, all-over-the-place kind of story. But ultimately, just the fact that it's all in service of making an adult film. And then the way that it fucking ends is bonkers. Oh, my God, it does. So, like, this is a movie that I'm going to, just right off the bat, I'm going to recommend it. But I'm going to say, if you're going to watch it, Watch it with some fucking friends. Have some people over. Treat it like you're watching, you know, the Super Bowl or something where you've got snacks, you got drinks, everybody's sitting back, all the lights are up and everything. And watch it that way. It'll be a lot of fucking fun. Like, I'm hoping that in the future, maybe we can do a screening of it the same way that we did a screening of Deep Throat. Because I think people will have a good time with it. Oh, totally, totally agree. I think that this movie is the perfect background movie if you talk over this movie and look at it like you're gonna be (laughs) loving it because just the vibe again the vibe is phenomenal i have a little complicated relationship with this movie i did not like it i did not like it going into this episode and now i love it so (laughs) (laughs) well i remember the the pitch you made to me was like this is like months this is like the early like days of the podcast this might have been even before we we posted our first episode but you said we've got to watch disco lady at some point the movie's terrible but the soundtrack is awesome (laughs) yes and i was like all right i'm in like a porno called disco lady that already like piques my interest so disco lady was the first porn dvd that i purchased okay so i had seen a handful of other films you know online and like we've already talked about this but like i feel not not so much these days but like in the beginning i was so uncomfortable watching internet porn like it felt (laughs) illegal to me (laughs) like i don't know fortunately for me i don't have that problem i i have no idea how it feels uncomfortable to watch it feels so awkward and it feels like i'm supposed to just like look this up like what i don't know it's just so embarrassing to me (laughs) And, but I'm like, if you watch a DVD, you're watching a movie. It's a real movie. It's on DVD. Like, so it just felt right. You can't put search terms into a DVD. No. This is a... They describe what's in the movie on the back of the DVD box. cinema. Not sin. Cinema. And so I had just, you know, watched... Jesus can't get mad at you for watching a DVD. (laughs) It's art. He gets mad Leave at you me for alone. looking at stuff on the internet. <laughs> or sticky little hands all over the keyboard. Like, ugh. <laughs> so I had actually just found Vinegar Syndrome. I was like looking looking this up, you know, and I'm like, where do you watch these things? Like, where are they at? Like, and so I found... And vinegar Syndrome suddenly pops up with like a trench coat and they're like, over here. Exactly. <laughs> Looking for this. And I spent well, maybe like, a little of this. <laughs> I spent like all night like going through every single DVD that they had like to pick the perfect movie to watch. 
watch and I saw a disco lady and like oh my god I don't know if we could pull up the description maybe we could find it later but like the way that they described it on their website made it sound so like smart and it was like a sat- <laughs> it was like this is like a satirical are you gonna find it right now look for it <laughs> yeah they just made it sound like a real movie that had like an interesting take on like genre films and it was like Rhonda Jo Petty's whole thing was like that she's Farrah Fawcett lookalike and I think Farrah Fawcett is literally the most attractive woman in the world so I was like I would love to see this movie and I was very excited to watch it so I ordered it my DVD came in the mail I was all excited I had my night ahead of me I you know got my robe on I put on the movie I had my cocktail and I'm like oh here we go and I'm like watching it and I'm like okay this like isn't that good and then I was like you know got to a sex scene and I'm like wow this is actually like gross and uncomfortable like <laughs> I did not enjoy it I was like wow that was like really bad like bad acting dump your cocktail like, out in one of your plants yeah I was like not feeling it And then, okay, this is like a good story, though, because then shortly after I saw this movie, I went on a fabulous road trip to Arizona and spent the six hour drive pitching a rewrite of Disco Lady. (laughs) 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 And I I hope people who listen to this, like, can appreciate that, like, this is how our minds work. Is that we'll sit there and watch these old porns that almost everybody's forgotten about, and like we'll find like just this little nugget in there, and we're like, this could be a fucking masterpiece. Oh, I wanted it to be if good you just so completely bad. stripped away everything else about it and made it about this one character and this one scene. If it was just like a completely different movie with like a different script, a different cast. And then it would have been so good. I was the director, and I was also the writer, and also the producer. And also the star. (laughs) I had 100% creative control. This could fucking rock. If this was a different movie, it would be a great movie. All right, so I found found the description. Okay, so this is from Vinegar Syndrome's website. (laughs) In Disco Lady. It's Friday night at the hottest disco in town. Everyone who's anyone will be there, but not everything is fun and games. And as the evening's guests arrive, a series of sensual deceptions, twists, and surprises unfold, leading up to a shocking and unexpected conclusion. Effectively combining low-key comedy with a thriller-oriented structure, Disco Lady stars Rhonda Jo Petty. But that yeah, sounds good, right? That, that makes it sound way better than it actually is. <laughs> Like, here's what the movie is. It starts off with a fucking pimp. Like, he's straight up dressed like a disco clown. He went to Party City to get this outfit. (laughs) (laughs) He's got his nice little fake little mustache. And he picks up Rhonda Jo Petty's character, who just, like, is thumbing for a ride in the middle of the fucking city... And then she's like, hey, are you going to the fucking disco club? It's like the middle of the day. The middle of the fucking day. Yeah, sure, get on in. Within five seconds, like, he's like, they call me the candy man. You want to know why? And she's like, why? Here's some fucking cocaine, bitch. Figure it out. And she's like, oh, we're going to be friends. The other funny thing is, she's like, oh, is this a Cadillac? And he's like, no, baby, it's a Continental Mark IV. And she's like, oh, I love Continentals. And it's like, do you, bitch? Because you didn't even know what it was when it first pulled up. (laughs) I think you're just willing to say anything at this point for some fucking blow. 
And then, like, it goes from that to, like, these two, they look like teen girls in a phone booth. And it's hilarious because the first time we were watching it, I was still fixated on Candyman. And when I actually heard what the dialogue is, do, do you know what the dialogue is? Oh, oh, she's, like, calls some guy. She got his information at her work. Like, he bought yeah. something and she called him and then he's like, hey, want to go out? And he's like, I can't. I'm hanging out with my wife tonight. At the like, PTA meeting on <laughs> fucking New Year's Eve. Which is like, bitch, he's blowing you off. Mm. He's like, no, I don't want to go to the disco club with a psycho stalker. No, my wife told me we have to go to the PTA meeting. And then I'm going to finger bang her afterwards. Sorry. <laughs> I can't go out with I'm you. I'm really busy tonight. And then it's like really hilarious because they're both squeezed into the phone booth. She hangs up the phone and then she looks at her friend and she's like, don't ask. And it's like, bitch, she heard the whole conversation. She was there. <laughs> What is she going to ask you? She knows. <laughs> but then it goes from that to... Uh, the most what... disgusting, uncomfortable, bizarre sex scene in the world. Well, I was going to say, like, what they set up as our main character couple. But, yeah, like, <laughs> these two... Like, it's crazy because both the characters and the actors playing the characters can't fucking stand each other. And they're like, oh, it's somehow so we have to make this marriage and this sex scene work. Which this right away, easiest, easiest change in the script. Okay, it's their anniversary. They don't Page have rewrites. They don't have any chemistry. They're clearly not attracted to each other. Make the narrative that their relationship is falling apart. That after all these years of marriage, like they're no longer attracted to each other. And that's why they're both sleeping around. Like literally easy solution but it's like they don't acknowledge that they just have them bang and act like everything's cool but like we could tell that nobody's having a good time and it's like so uncomfortable yeah it's horrible well and what's really so they they have sex and this guy it's the character of rick played by a guy named rick which is hilarious because on the imdb his name is r-i-c-k but his character is r-i-c yeah, so, and then and then the wife, Rick. her character name is Rick's wife. Rude. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, the women were property back then. Sorry. It, it was a different time. Yeah, it was a different time. There was a lot of disco and a lot of blow and not a lot of women's right to be in. <laughs> but, so anyway, <laughs> these two have sex. Like, I think the joke I made when we were doing commentary on it was like, he was having sex with her. Like, he's actually gay, and pussy terrifies him. <laughs> like, but but I even watched, like, when I rewatched it, the way that they kiss, like, they don't kiss, like, two people that are into it. They kiss, like, if you were forced at gunpoint to make out with your grandmother. God, like, you know what? To be fair, though, I would not want to kiss either of those people. Like, <laughs> uh, they are not the foxiest couple well and then that's not even the wildest part the wildest part of the sex scene is remember how he oh, finishes God. okay hold on hold on we can, we're not ready for that reveal no, yet we're he, he, is, though, reveal. he starts off in a robe which i immediately pointed out i was like love that's it, up your alley love it, love it. great reveal to, all... the dick reveal was great so he's laying in bed. She comes out of the bathroom and she's wearing a towel, you know, like a wet shower towel, wet hair, you know. He's laying in bed in his robe watching TV or whatever. And she's like, hi, babe. This is her bad acting. Hi, babe. Happy anniversary. It's our anniversary today. 
I have Which a these gift motherfuckers got married on New Year's Eve. What a couple of Honestly, assholes. Honestly, inconsiderate. Super yeah. inconsiderate. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, my gift. Thanks, babe. And it's like a necklace or whatever. And then he's like, I've got another gift for you here, babe. Slaps the robe open. Dong, just laying there. Oh, thanks, honey. I love it. And starts blowing him. And it's like, <laughs> as she's doing it, like, Ugh, cringe, horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh my god! You got, you've got an actor who doesn't like pussy and an actress who doesn't like dick, and it's like, let's just make this work. We can make this work, okay? Come on, guys, just get through this scene. Seventy-five bucks will be yours if you can find a way. It's so uncomfortable though, because like it literally made me feel like as I was watching it, I'm like. I don't want to be here. And then I felt like guilty. And like, it was not chill. Also, there is so much dirty talk on his end that it is absolutely absurd. This is how, (laughs) this is how I felt watching Dixie Ray for the first time. And like, remember we talked about that? Like, like we didn't know at that point that that was the characterization. We're like, why is there so much talking? He won't stop talking, but also his delivery is horrible. And you know what? It reminded me of, (laughs) it reminded me of Bozo dubbed over. I think you should leave. Oh, because he goes, oh, I hope I don't jack off. (laughs) Okay, so that's another thing I was thinking about watching it. We've referenced this on on a few of our previous episodes. But just the whole stereotype of like, porno acting is bad. You're, You're not here for the acting, you're here for the fucking. And I am problem... here for the acting. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that's what that's what we're in in here for, and and like none of it's good, none of it's good. But what what ends up happening is that a lot of times in these movies, they don't have like a fully like fleshed out like like they don't have like actors sides to give the actors. A lot of times it's simply a prompt, and then they have to improv it. And improvisation is it's not a skill so that everybody hard. has. I hate it so much. And especially like the kind of actors to where it's just like part of the reason why you're in porn is you're not the strongest actor in the first place. You know, so you ended up in porn because it's like, well, we'll give you lines, but you also have to like take off your clothes and fuck on camera. It's like, all right, I guess so. I guess if I have to. And to the movie's credit, like most of the other characters, like their lines, whether they were scripted or improved, like they they carry them pretty well, but for whatever reason, this couple, which again, like, are presented as our main characters, which also weak choice. Why? Yeah. Because especially because Rhonda Joe Petty is the star, like on the poster in the preview. Bob Chin didn't like, know what he had. He didn't know what he had. He knew he had something, but he didn't realize it until later. He's like, "Fuck! I should have made her the main character." She absolutely should have been the main character. Like, and also... Candyman and, and her name's Carla. You don't fucking know that unless you go on IDMDB. Yeah, they don't say it at any Petty. point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Make the movie about them! At the end of this episode when I pitch my rewrite, um, <laughs> she is the lead character. <laughs> but, God, it was just so, so bad. And I also don't understand, like, from a directing perspective, like, this guy has this horrible 
improv dirty talk too much fucking dialogue and they give in him a ton every of time. scene that he's in Whether how he's come, fucking or not how come at some point they weren't like dude can you just like fuck silently can you just moan a little bit or something this is not working and he like, went back to them and he's like look mate i'll have to do the improvisation i'll have to do all the dirty talk because i don't like vagina it disgusts me it's repugnant but if I keep talking dirty, I can keep myself hard enough to you continue know what? on the scene. To be honest. I don't know that the actor's actually British, but I think it's funnier if he actually is British. Oh my god, it's reminding me of that Key and Peel. I am from the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not feeling like you are. Like <laughs> We're actually having sex. This... I'm just not buying it. <laughs> That's how people can know like what we think of this movie, is that it kept reminding us of other things that we were more entertained by. <laughs> Instead, so okay. Oh God! Okay, wait. Hold on. Can we get? Are we to the point where you're ready to tell? Yes. To how he finishes. How he finishes. So here's how you know that these two performers did not fucking like each other. When he's getting ready to come, and of course he's still fucking with his terrible fucking improv dirty talk. He's psyching himself up. That's what I wrote that down. I literally (laughs) wrote down that I'm like. Sounds like he's like. It does sound like that. Yes, because like, he doesn't like vagina. He's just not Rick into Lutz women. Rick is gonna start tweeting you with these accusations. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Come at me. This ninety-year-old man is gonna be like, "Excuse me." At vibe talking on I Twitter. I was crushing it back at then. At vibe talking on Instagram. There's also a TikTok in there somewhere. I think it might be at vibe talking. It's good vibe cinema. Good vibe cinema. Okay, yeah. It's a little broad at this. Come point. at us, Rick Lutz. So anyway. <laughs> He's psyching himself up, and she's sitting there, like, he's above her, like, kneeling on the bed. She's she's sucking him off, and then he grabs this cup, and when we were watching it, I was just like, dude, nothing good is going to come of him grabbing this fucking glass. He's like, I'm a little thirsty. This is, my throat is sore from all this dialogue. I need a glass of water. So he comes into the glass, and then pours the glass onto her mouth, and you can see, like, the visible revulsion on like like she's just like mm, yeah oh i love it oh my god oh, yeah. and like i started i started laughing i was like they they sat there and they had a moment with the director to where she's like i'm not going to let him come in my mouth and the director's like okay but he's gotta come on your face and she goes absolutely not and bob chin is like look honey we have to get come on your face that's what the people are paying to see is come on your face and she goes okay he can come into something and then pour it on me, but none of it gets in my mouth. Like, splash a glass of wine across the room, like... And if you watch the fucking movie, like, that will keep you entertained, is watching how determined she is at not getting any fucking cum in her mouth at all. She's not going to swallow a drop. Yeah, so if that didn't make everybody want to watch this movie, <laughs> literally, just honestly, fast forward this scene. It's so uncomfortable. It's so horrible. I literally, imagining someone jerking off to this, I'm just like, literally, why? Like, I can't even deal with it. I can't even deal with it. So, <laughs> no, they're, they're jerking off and they're that little, like, web mean uh, from from the the fake political cartoons to where it's just like haha yes haha with sicko written on their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Cut to a much better vibier scene. Now we're at the club and the club is called Disco Lady, which like cute, love that. And oh, oh, now I get it. 
I know. It seems like Rhonda Jo Petty should be the disco lady. Yeah, that's what I thought not. the first time. And it wasn't until I rewatched it. And then I just happened to notice. I'm like, oh, it says disco lady on the fucking door to the club. <laughs> I think it's a good name for a club. It says it's the hottest club in town. Dude, I would hate to be in that fucking town. Um, stop. If this is the hottest club. I would love to go to that club. It looks so fun. The DJ is named Scorpio Sal, which I love that. <laughs> and I call him fucking Disco Burt Gilliam. Because, like, he for real looks like if Burt and Gilliam grew a fucking mustache and then fucking got cast as a porno disco DJ. Perfect. He's like, hey, what's going on out there? Come on on down, guys. He was so cool. And he was. again, beats are playing. Just the, all the songs fucking slap. Even during that horrible sex scene, there's a nice little jam in the background. Now, like, how the fuck they didn't get someone to fuck the DJ? Like, missed <gasps> oh, opportunity. Oh, God, that would have been good. I'm going to start like adding like, that into my rewrite right, right someone now. Someone going up to his DJ it. booth and blowing him. Yeah, you know? we definitely needed that. The production value in this movie is freaking incredible. The club looks great. There's so many extras on the dance floor. Everybody has fly outfits, the lights and everything and the music. And like Jonathan Long is the guy that did the music. We got to give this guy so much credit. If I could get a record of this soundtrack, I would. (laughs) And I would love, like, it is up there with Deep Throat, which is such a good iconic soundtrack. Like, I just, I I cannot give this soundtrack enough fucking praise. I'm bringing it up again. (laughs) But yeah, they are just dancing and there's just a lot of good moves going on and it looks great. Um, And then we get uh, Rhonda Jo Petty and the Candyman showing up at the club and I thought this was so funny that, like, she's, like, acting all drunk and loopy and stuff. And you're like, this doesn't seem right. Like, they've been doing a bunch of coke. And she's like, oh, hey, guys. Like, she's like, are you Peter Frampton? <laughs> Another thing that I thought was funny about that is that apparently there was a lot of coke going on behind the scenes. So, not sure why she shock. couldn't why she couldn't nail that delivery of something she has it method acting experience. Movie. It was her first movie, so... <laughs> Take it easy on her. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and then we have, I would say, the only hot scene in this movie. The bathroom. Well, before we get to that, <laughs> so she she comes in. They, they also introduce some other characters. There's uh, Johnny, Tommy, and uh, Disco Peter Frampton. There are too many characters to have this many names. Yeah. Like, it is... I feel like we're doing, like, Touch Me, where we had to make a chart of everybody and their relationships. You've got all these characters, all these named characters, except for one of your main characters, who's just Rick's wife. (laughs) What the fuck? Every male extra has a first and last name. (laughs) Like, they, they, like, set up this whole thing of, there are these three guys that are going into the club together, but one of them... Like the youngest looking one uh, gets stopped by this the the lone security guard. He's like, who's you like don't an have old? An ID? He's like an old timey policeman. <laughs> well, I said I said that that character is the author insert character because the guy who fucking wrote this movie, like he worked at a disco club and he heard all these stories of like people hooking up in the disco club, and he's like, I'm gonna write a fucking movie about it. And then Bob Chin came along and he's like, you put some fucking in that movie and we got a deal. <laughs> And he's like, okay, but I gotta have this one character, the security guard, super important character. And they're like, does he fuck? And he's like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> he fucking keeps the peace. <laughs> <laughs> so the one friend has to wait outside the club. And then the interaction between Candyman and the John, like, I thought that was really hilarious because um, they're sitting at the bar 
and uh, Ronda Joe Petty, she like turns to him and she's like, I just saw Peter Frampton. And the guy is like, is she for real? And Candyman is like, not only is she for real, but she's for sale. <laughs> and so he immediately goes, okay, how much? And he's like, maybe you didn't catch my drift. You can exchange money for sexual favors. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. He's like, how much is it? And he's like, look, pal, you can't afford to pay me so that you can have sex with this woman. And he's like, pal, I just want to fucking get laid. How much? If you're asking, you can't afford it. But it's like, Candyman, you're a terrible pimp. I know. He's like roasting the guy. Like... Like, you started off like, hey, you know, you dig this chick? You could hook up with her for the right price. Also, also. And the guy's like, okay, how much? And he's like, hey, pal, back the fuck off. <laughs> I don't think you understand how this works. Well, okay, also, this I did not realize until the most recent time that I watched it, when I rewatched it again. She is not a prostitute. She's not. It seemed like they, like, how do you go up to a man dressed like that and not understand what's going on? Because then she goes and bangs him and comes back and she's like, hey, that was a dirty trick. I was banging that guy just because I'm a whore, but like, not literally. (laughs) She's like, I was banging him because I was a slut, not a whore. I want my share of the money. Which also just, what a bizarre narrative. Like, why is it not in the story that... She's a call girl. I don't get why it played out like that. Well, like, it's just weird. Like, the first time, like, when we were watching it, like, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, this is human trafficking. I've heard of this. <laughs> Not chill. And it's like, it's crazy because she has no idea what's going on, but she also, like, goes along with it perfectly. Well, to be fair, the guy was kind of hot. Yeah. I would say that they're too... Good-looking people, both had fabulous haircuts, and they seemed like they were enjoying it. So it seemed like it worked out kind of good. Like, they had the 70s look, but they had that, like, timeless 70s look to Mm -hmm. where, like, it would still work today. Yeah, the Um, other couple looks so tacky and horrible. And, like, oh my god, especially the guy is literally wearing, like, the Dumb and Dumber, like, outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was another joke that I made. The ruffly shirt. When that curly-haired waitress is blowing him, and he's got his, like you know, frilly baby blue tuxedo shirt on. And I'm like, if you take a screenshot of this, like you can just literally like frame it and put the seventies. And everyone's like, yeah, that was the seventies. I want a velvet painting of that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this sex scene like actually was kind of hot, but it also was kind of awkward for me because like they're getting down in the bathroom. Right. Which like, wait, hot. Yeah. Like, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. That wasn't the problem. That was hot. They're getting up on a rusty sink. It's like all nasty in there, which again, very hot. Like soap crust. I like that. Like, I like you know the nasal grime. hairs. Glamour and grime is my absolute favorite combination. So fabulous disco outfits getting thrown on the floor where it's like you really should be wearing shoes, like. Very, very hot. But what I could not get down with was the fact that they end up fully naked in this public bathroom. Because, hold on, hold on. As we've discussed previously, 
partial nudity is sexier than full nudity. Mm-hmm. Lingerie is hotter than just totally naked. Agree. Um, so that just personal preference aside, I feel like part of the thing that's hot about fucking in public is like, oh shit, are you gonna get caught? You know. So like, he should have bent her over, you know, hiked up her skirt, and been like plowing her from behind. And then it's like, oh, somebody comes in, and it's like, oh, what? What was going on in here? Nothing. Yeah, you know? that's that's what I found is the most unrealistic thing about about it is like. You're out in the club, and you guys are going at it, like, right in front of the door, and literally nobody ever walks Nobody in. had to pee at any point on New Year's <sighs> Eve. There's a million people in here. And, like, I feel like if you're getting naked, it's like, you're, like, setting up camp. Like, you're like, I'm going to be here fucking for the next, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. Like, if you're fully naked, like, that is a commitment. Like, that is, like, too much of a commitment. And, like, they would cut back to, like, other scenes and then, like, cut back to this. Like, these guys are going at it for, like, quite some time. And it's, like, at no point did anyone come in. At no point were they concerned about it. Like, what if someone did come in and now it's, like, oh, I got to throw my clothes on real quick. And it's, like, I have, like, 18 buttons on this blazer. Like, it's it's too much. Like, I just, that was too unrealistic. It was taking me out of the scene. It bothered me. Yeah, we definitely, like, we, we had some problems with that scene. But if you can if you can divorce your mind of that, yeah. you are watching two hot people have sex. Yeah, they were and it's hot. and it's. I think that was the best sex scene of the entire movie. I so Hands agree. Down. I feel like that was the only good sex scene in the movie. Yeah, in my opinion. Because what's funny about it is it's not the only bathroom sex scene. There is another bathroom sex scene that takes place in a different bathroom. <laughs> that also somebody walks in during the middle of the sex scene and reacts to it. Yeah, and it's like we so it's just like it. you guys realize that this is a thing that can happen. Like what the fuck? But they were like, we have to get these two hotties naked. And it's just like... Because in the other sex scene, they are clothed. Yeah. In the other bathroom scene, you know? And I'm like, this is how a bathroom scene should play out. This feels right. But also that bathroom is way too fancy. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But well, that's... that's we, we said that was the executive bathroom in the disco club. Was it? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was just the women's bathroom. And like the men's bathroom <laughs> is like fucking disgusting. And the women's bathroom has yeah. like a couch, a credenza, a hanging Ball plant. Paper. It had this gorgeous like astrology like art piece behind the duvet like if you freeze it at some point your little horoscope sex poster like you can see it like that actually that came from that scene i love that it's (laughs) it's a star star up on my walls um so then we get cut back to the horrible couple again and they're at the bar or they're at a table Well, they start off at their house and she's like she's like hey like we need to go out and do something for our anniversary and he's like but i want to watch college football and like Dude, he's so whiny oh, he is. and he's so horrible. annoying. And she's put back on her wet towel instead of putting on a comfortable <laughs> robe. She's standing there in her wet fucking shower towel. Babe, it's our anniversary. We should go out. We can't just sit at home while you watch football. <laughs> and he's like, babe, I just blew my load. I need to take a fucking nap. Why would you bang me if you wanted me to go Put pants on and do something. 90% of the reason why I go out is to get laid. If I've already gotten laid, why would I go out? (laughs) The motivation doesn't track, babe. It's like if I've already killed an animal, why would I go hunting? It doesn't make sense. Come on. Oh, God. And so then they get to the club. Like, she sways him or whatever. They get there. They go to the table. And I thought that this was so funny. 
fucking funny. They're ordering their drinks, and he's, like, yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was where he was just, like... Like, he sits down and he watches what everybody else is doing, and he's like, I'm about to hit them with some acting. And he's like, I would like to get... (laughs) Screaming. Like, you literally see the actress playing the waitress, like, like, (laughs) leans back. It was so funny, though, because when he watched it, you're like, why the fuck is he yelling? And I'm like, "Um, I love that he's yelling, because when you go to a club, it is uncomfortably loud, and you do have to yell. It felt realistic to me. It doesn't make any sense because his wife is speaking in a normal volume. The waitress is speaking in a normal volume. The music is not that loud. (laughs) And he's literally like, I'll take a wild turkey on the rocks. Okay, this was another good thing. This was another good thing. He orders that. He's like, I'll take a beer. And then he's like, actually, a glass of white wine. Actually, a rum and coke. Like, he has like three different orders. And this is where another thing that clicked in my head the most recent time watching it. There are actually several instances of there being funny things in the script. Jokes in the script. Like with a different, you know, couple delivering those lines. That is a funny idea that this guy is ordering three different drinks, can't figure out his order, and that each drink is like a drastically different vibe. It's like, okay, what is this dude's deal? Like that in the text is funny. Yeah. But it's like you don't realize it's funny because there is no comedic ability to any of these people. And the film doesn't like timing-wise, like, react to any of these things and let them land as a joke. Like, there were other parts, too. Like, there's another joke when somebody walks into the bathroom or when they catch him standing outside the bathroom and it's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm just waiting for my wife to come. As his wife is getting fucked in the bathroom. Like, that is a hilarious line. (laughs) Like, the guy who wrote it had something here, you know? Um, And that's something I want to just point out really quickly. And I wrote this down, like... With the opening credits. So, okay. We have Idea by Daryl Cash. Nailed it. Great concept. Love the vibe. Screenplay by Jeffrey Eastman. A little messy, but we've got something here. Producer Damon Christian. And director Bob Chin. So we have four different people with, like, clearly different visions going on. You know, and I feel like that's a problem, you know, because like... That's why there's 20 fucking characters in this fucking hour-long porno. <laughs> I love that it's that an has, hour long. Just that has that two sex scenes that happen in the exact same place. Back to fucking back. Well, okay, I like, gotta say though, I gotta say on that mind-blowing to me. The budget for this movie, because I listened to, and I, oh my god, hard recommend to you, to everybody listening... The Rialto Report is so fucking awesome. I listened to an amazing interview with Rhonda Joe Petty and a great interview with the director, Bob Chin, which, like, I want to talk about her at some point, too, because I love her now. So yeah. we'll get to that later after we talk about the movie. But Bob Chin says that their budget was $750. And... <laughs> I was going to say that as a joke. I was going to say no, that as a that fucking was joke. the actual budget. Because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, it'll be funny. It'll be obviously, like, there's no way they could shoot a movie for $750. Fifty fucking dollars. They fucking did. Those they psychos did. fucking made this movie for seven hundred and fifty fucking dollars. Job. Like again, like the the way that this movie My looks, mind is blown. the visuals of this movie are 
great the soundtrack the soundtrack the locations all the wardrobe like just the fact that there's that many bodies in the club you know like did those extras get paid like or how did they schmooze these people well here's coming, what i think you know? about the extras like, i think it's a situation kind of like going back to star virgin the section about the football game i think that all of the dance scenes they either got some b-roll that they purchased or they literally went to another club and they shot all of those people that are dancing in the background, they're not in the background of the scenes where we see our actors. Mm, tricky, so so tricky those Bob. were shot at different times with, okay. with different people. Well, then that is a great hack for making a cheap movie. Like, they did a good job. It fooled me. Yeah. I thought it looked great. But, I mean, the scenes where they have the actual characters in the movie, like, they still have enough extras moving around. Like, like there's actually some good, like, second unit... Or not second unit, but, like... Second AD, like, whatever, like, they, they did a good job of, like, getting people to, like, move around and, and kind of, like, give it a natural feel. Mm -hmm. Because unless you really pay attention to it to the way, to the level that I did, you, like, it all kind of blends in to where you don't notice that, like, oh, wait, these scenes are separate. Like, they were shot separately from everything else. Yeah, they they crushed it. I honestly, I feel like you know, because I like I told you, I did not like this movie when I first saw it, and I was like, God, this guy fucking sucks, you know. And then listening to him talk, I'm oh, like, Oh, the director? Yeah, okay. I'm like, I kind of like him now. Like he seemed like a really cool dude. Somebody was asking him, like, you know, like, oh, do you ever go back and watch your movies? Like, do you think that they're good? And he's like, no, they're not good. But I had, like, two days to film it. So, like, whatever. Like, they're not good. Sorry. I had two days and, like, less than $800 to fucking make yeah, it. And he, do the math. He does a whole thing where he was talking about, like, you know, the acting and stuff. And he's like, yeah, like, you know, people are so quick to like criticize like bad acting and it's like okay these people aren't trained actors like sorry i thought they did fine like you know <laughs> i don't know what to tell you like and i just love look the these kind people of, aren't like, trained just... actors they take their dicks out they'll fuck on camera like what do you expect you know what he did say though and uh, i've god i'm getting so schmoozed right now we gotta watch johnny wad you know how much I hate John Holmes. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we talked about we this. We gotta watch it because that was another thing in the interview. He, I guess he worked a lot with John Holmes and he was talking about him and all that. But he said that he's like, maybe he's not the best actor, but there was something about this guy he could, which I completely disagree with. There's this. something about this guy. There's like about 11 inches There's or something that, about this guy. And then also his stage presence. But I was gonna say, <laughs> I, that's, how I, that's how I felt about his, his 11 inches of stage presence. That's how I felt though about Rhonda Joe Petty. Like, she's not necessarily doing a lot of like quote unquote acting which part of that could be just because like she really doesn't have that many scenes or that much to do but every line that she delivers like she has like a certain like sexiness confidence coolness where like yeah. i'm captivated by her and also like intrigued by the character like i'm like i wish that she did have more scenes there's something to this you know I mean, she does jump off the screen pretty well to where you can watch her and just be like okay we need to base like a movie around her we need to base a movie around a character, you know, that, that she creates or that we create for her. Yeah, I um, really You can tell her. that just from this, which in her first movie, it's like, okay, obviously she had something, which is why she kind of went on to have a career and be somewhat iconic. Dude, her backstory is fucking wild. Kind of dark, but... Oh, I can imagine. Listening to her talk about it, though, she kind of reminded me of Harry Reams, like, in her... Um, in her, like, outlook on life, looking back yeah. at her life. Because, like, Harry Reams, like, you know, I think they had different opinions about their work and about, you know, all of that. Like, so I'm not, like, comparing that. But, like, 
you know, when his life did start to kind of fall apart, you know, and some darkness did come into his world. Like, he always had this attitude, like, when he was, like, an old man looking back, and he's like, yeah, I went through some shit, but, like, those are some good movies, those are some good times. Like, he, he never, like blamed anything like he was just like I had my own experiences my own struggles and like this is you know I just like his attitude a lot and I think that she had kind of a similar attitude and like she was being like straight up about certain things you know but also at the same time like she's just like hey like everything that happened made me who I am right now yeah I just really liked her like and I thought she had a really cool I don't know not to get too heavy because I know this is like a more fun episode um because it is a fun movie but like she talks about like the traumatic stuff in her life that kind of led to the choices that she made and like going into these films and like how you know it did not necessarily affect her positively but just the kind of self-awareness that she had as she was talking about it I didn't really know any better about this and I didn't, you know, I think I was making reckless choices because of this, this and this. And like she had like just the way that she looked at her own experiences and her own psychology. And like, I just really liked her. Like I thought she was like a cool performer, you know, watching the film, not knowing anything about her, but then listening to her, like go into her experiences and her like, you know, outlook on things like I was just like this chick is a fucking badass and then like afterwards like she you know cleaned up her life and moved on and she ended up like starting like a ranch and was all into like horses and stuff and like now she's talking about like or I don't know now when this interview came out it might have been like 10 years ago or something but like fairly recent she starts talking about yeah I'm gonna open a motel in Arizona and I'm like oh "Oh, I love it this girl knows what's up you know (laughs) um but oh her crazy thing so her dad was because she was into like horses and motorcycles growing up and her dad like did that kind of stuff and he wasn't like in the entertainment industry but he like had a lot of friends who were and she talks about going to the fucking spawn ranch and like seeing charles manson and like when all of that shit was going on and she was like she was like yeah like i never got into any of that shit because i was like 13 but like my friends who had sisters that were like 16 they did get into it we were all in that place and like I remember seeing him and we never talked to each other but you know we exchanged looks and like he creeped me out and like you know like she has she has a fucking wild life yeah hard recommend that interview okay cool check gnarly story yeah it's a little heavy but well that's that's the other thing is I'm hoping that with this podcast we'll convince people to check out movies that they probably didn't know exist or maybe they had heard of but they never thought to explore. I mean, because that's literally what you did for me is like you're like, hey, check out these movies because uh, I think there's something there. There's something really interesting about them, and you know, it's it's been very eye opening watching these movies. But even more so is like getting into the stories of the people who created these movies, the, mm-hmm. the directors, producers, and especially the performers. Every chance we get to like shout out Harry Reams and talk about just how I know cool he's not even in this movie, like, yeah. and I'm like, hey, remember Harry Reams, my favorite actor? Harry Reams is like, in every episode of Vibe Talking. I am obsessed with him. Like, I we, literally it's he's now my mandatory actor. that we have to fucking not but, even my favorite porn actor, just my favorite actor. I love that man. But, like, most people have seen Boogie Nights. And, like, Boogie Nights was a movie that that really attempted to try and um, portray these people that had been stereotyped. Porn actors from the Golden Age. Um, It tried to portray them as, like, real living human beings. And that's the thing is, like, 
as much as that movie did to like kind of flesh out these sort of mythical sort of figures, us exploring the genre and getting to know some of the performers involved, that's where we really start to find like a lot of these really interesting stories. Because I can tell you, as somebody who has, I don't have like a fucking illustrious resume or anything like that, but I've worked in film. Like I did it for a very long time. And I still like pretty much whenever you produce something, I still will perform, but it's a huge gap to go from being vulnerable and acting on camera or on stage to like being so vulnerable that you're getting naked, you're exposing yourself, and you're having sex. That's wild. And as much as people want to sit here and and shit on the performers, and we do that to some degree, there's a lot of bravery that goes into doing what they're doing. The fucking uh, Rick Schultz or whatever his name is um, that we're making fun of on this. It's like, I mean, the dude like pulls out his dick on camera. He fucks a couple of women. Like he comes on camera. Like that is not something like as much as like the average guy might tell you like, oh yeah, I'd be a fucking great porno actor. It's like, bro, no, you would not. <laughs> like just straight up, you would not. So yeah, it's it's really interesting to like hear those those stories. And I think that's another reason, too, to, like, go back and, like, watch these films. Because when these films came out, people didn't know shit about Ronda Joe Petty. But now it's been 50 fucking years. And, like, you can get Ronda Joe Petty's entire fucking life story. Harry Reem's entire fucking life story. You know, Georgina Spelvin. You know, you can get into, like, everything that, like, led up to and then followed after all of this happening. And that's the shit that I think is just as interesting is just analyzing these films and, and saying, like, what was the motivation for doing this? Like, what was the idea behind everything? But another thing about this film in particular is I think it's such a great little time capsule of just that that sort of vibe of the time. Yeah. If you've gone out to a club in, like, the last 10, 15, 20 years, you know what it feels like. But, like, going back that much further, because, like, that's basically the dawn of everything modern now. Like, that's where it all started from. You know, just from that aspect alone, I think this makes it kind of a neat and interesting little film. Yeah. Like I said, my rewrite of this movie would be you watch... You watch people dancing and then it focuses in on like a hot couple and they're really getting into their dancing. And then it literally just cuts to them fucking at home. And like, that's the movie. There's no dialogue. Like, there's no narrative. It's just people dancing, people dancing. Now they're fucking. And then back to the club, people dancing, people dancing. Now they're fucking. And like, that's the whole thing. I think that would be a fucking great movie. That would be a good movie. But, but My this version movie... has a lot more narrative. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay, so, so where are we at now? So I know we got on a little tangent there, but yeah. So we have the couple. He's ordering his drinks. The waitress spills a drink on his lap. And she's like, oh, I think I have a blow dryer in the back. I can take care of this. Which is, love that. Takes him to the storage room or whatever where they there's a mattress. They walk holding hands. And, and the wife, wife is just like, oh, there. cool. And she's That's like, awesome. I'll wait here till you come back. Happy anniversary, babe. So they go. Go get your pants blown dry. <laughs> I love the thought of like, oh shit, I need to blow dry my hair before my shift. So like, just why is there a blow dry there? <laughs> For when hot dudes spill their drinks. Why is there a mattress there? Oh, we know why there's a mattress there. And this I love. An uncovered oh, mattress. God. And it's like a straight up 70s mattress. It's got a floral print on <laughs> the it. The print was a bit much. I honestly feel like the mattress should have been dirtier. 
that was my oh yeah i'm sure it was very dirty skid marks and like (laughs) wet spots like dried wet spots dried crusty wet spots god so he's getting down with this waitress and a lot of dirty talk it's another weird fucking scene you pointed out that he has like he has all these rings and medallion and shit like he like starts going down at her and like his his medallion is like about to go inside of her i don't know why but when we watched it that infuriated me (laughs) i got irrationally angry about it i was like take your fucking medallion off you fucking disco douchebag like (laughs) What the fuck, man? Oh my god. And then this chick has a fucking band-aid on her finger. Oh, yeah. And like nobody thought to notice that or maybe take her off or like just glossed over it. It was very distracting. No, Bob Chin is like, we got two days and like $750. This shit is going to fucking evaporate. He's like, Like, I don't care. We don't have time for (laughs) band-aids. You could have your whole arm in a cast for all I give a shit. <laughs> His wife comes in. She's standing outside the door. She hears this and she's just like, hmm, cool. And so then she goes to this other bougie bathroom that we brought up earlier. Well, no, she. there's a dude like standing a few feet away on the fucking phone, which is just like, who the fuck are you calling, man? Like, you're at the fucking disco club. You're using the pay phone. And she like just snatches his ass up. And he's like, hey, I was on the phone. <laughs> and she's like, not anymore. She drags him out to the bathroom. He's like, I can't go in there. And she's like, shoves him in there. She's like, you want to go in here? (laughs) She like lifts up her skirt. She's like, you want to go in here? (laughs) And he's like, all right, I guess. Like, I already fucking like, you made me hang up on my phone call. I got nothing better to do tonight. (laughs) I got to say real quick, though. I love the cohesive color palettes going on. Everything in this movie was either like sky blue or avocado green. Okay, like her dress so is blue, 70s. his suit is blue, the couch is blue, the yeah. tablecloth in the club at their table was blue, and then their bedroom was green, the dirty mattress was green. Oh yeah, oh god, I, I, I remember getting upset, like almost to the point of nausea, at their bedroom. <laughs> their bedroom is fucking ugly, and I love tacky 70s decor, and I didn't even want to fuck in this room. It was no, there's like, there's like good 70s decor, like you've got good 70s decor going on in your place. But then there's, like, bad 70s decor. Like, like I'm just old enough that as a very young child, I can remember, like, the late 70s bleeding into the early 80s. Shit being, like, avocado green and, like, this fucking, I like... I kind of love avocado green, This weird, green, like, pale my, brown. My great-grandparents had a avocado green bathtub, and it was gorgeous, and I want oh one God. so bad. Avocado fucking refrigerators? Cute! Like, Dude, it's Cute. It was just, man, for you. It's all like quiche and like niche because like cool. you didn't like literally see it in person. Like I saw it in person and I was like, "Ew, this looks like puke." Bad attitude, <laughs> bad vibe. Like, like when all the like fucking bright neon colors of the fucking like mid eighties came out, I was just like, "This is totally rad, you guys." Cowabunga, dudes! Like that was my vibe. I mean, that's kind of a good vibe too. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was the hip and modern thing to me. So hip. <laughs> but yeah, so they go in the bathroom. That's that's the fancy bathroom that we're talking yeah, about. They, they have their fuck scene. Bougie. 
And then, yeah, there's that great reaction of the chick that, like, walks in and she's like, she's like, oh, my God. She's I like, love it. She you won't be able to believe like, what's going on in there. Which fucking Rick, like, should have been like, what, somebody's fucking in the bathroom? Yeah, it's a disco in the 70s. Duh. But he's immediately like, oh, I want to go check, go check it out. And it was so perfect. It was so perfect because the security guard, perfect. Like, it was like a sitcom. Yeah. Like, See, there just is comes, some comedy Where there. you think you're going? Oh, yeah. Very funny. I liked the security guard. I actually thought he was kind of good. Yeah. Then we have some randomness going on here. We cut to this other couple who's going to be very important at the well, end. Well, first, first we have uh, so the, the two girls from the phone booth. I think that happens after. We tease this couple for a second, and then they come back in. Yeah, but at this point, we're already past the halfway point of the movie, and they're introducing new characters, which like because there weren't enough. Writing one hundred and one, you don't start characters. introducing new characters toward the end of your story. It okay. fucking throws the audience off. This scene was actually good, though. It brought me back into the movie because I was like, "Ooh, which what's is just going like, why don't we here? start off with this couple? I and not agree. Fucking I liked Rick this other his... couple more. Yeah. So we have another couple. This guy is not named Rick. His name is Rich." Totally different. Yes. Um, and he has actually a super The completely wife. different character of Rich. And <laughs> totally. Mario, his wife. Margo Who actually hot. gets a name. Love that. I know. Why is this like leading lady, like nameless Rick's wife, and then this chick that's in like one scene towards the end. Oh, and that's Margo. And yeah. she has a whole backstory. Turns out Rich is having an affair. Margo's like, Jesus, Rich. This reminded me actually more of Ralph and Millicent. Like that kind of dramatic acting of like... I should have known that you were cheating on me. I'm going out tonight and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And then he says, if you go out tonight, I'm going to kill you. And we were both like, oh, damn. Like, this guy is not playing. And then she straight up throws it back in his face and she's like, I'd like to see you fucking try. Do it, Rich. It'll be the first definitive thing you do in your life. And I'm like, oh, God, I love it. When are they going to fuck? This is going to get crazy. And then they don't fuck. Spoiler alert. They don't. I wish Neither they Neither of them fuck anybody. I would have loved to see them fuck everybody. Each other. Yeah. Anyone. Like, they, they were killing it. And so then there's this rad fucking... Well, before that, so she storms off. And then he gets all pissed off oh, and he yes. throws his glass and you hear it bounce down the hall. It never right. breaks. He's such a bitch. He's such a bitch he can't break a glass. Why did they have a, a stunning original score but could not add a broken glass sound effect? Only $750 in the budget, honey. We spent it all yeah. on the song. You know, you know how much a Foley artist costs? Like, literally our entire budget for one hour. Oh, and then we get this amazing shot of she storms out and then he slams a gun down on the table and there's like an ashtray and like 18 Playboys. Like, it looked fucking sick. <laughs> it was very cool. Very Boogie Nights. <laughs> totally. So then cut back to the chicks from earlier. This yeah. girl's name is Ming Jade, which, don't care for that. Feels a little, a little racially charged. <laughs> <laughs> And Yikes. She starts, you know, hooking up with this other rando, just another new Johnny. character. There's too many guys in this movie. They all look the same. There's like, no one is adding anything to the narrative. So she's banging some other guy. These two have not had a scene together. Well, what's hilarious is she takes him back to the same fucking room that the waitress took Rick to. And then, like, when she walks in, like, it's so fucked up. This room, like, the door doesn't even have a fucking doorknob. It's just a fucking hole in the door. 
She takes him into the room and she's like, ta-da. And he's like, bitch, what the fuck is this? And like he goes over and he's like, there's just a mattress back here? He's like, you don't see anything wrong with it? And she's like, well, it's like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, dude, why does it smell like balls in here? And he's like, ew, there's a wet spot. He's like, why didn't you take me out to dinner first? God. No, I think they straight up are, are like, uh, the line is something like, oh, is this where the manager, like, uh, takes all the girls to hook up with? And she's like, yeah, it's where he took me. And she's like, ooh, backstory, <laughs> spicy. And I'm like, all right, man, people are getting down. Like, good for you guys for being cool and open-minded about it. God, and then this was so funny. More bizarre, horrible dialogue. I don't know if this was scripted or just bad or what. But he says he's taking her shoes off. And she has these, like, tall boots. He's taking oh, her yeah. shoes off. And then he's like, nice boobs. And she's like, thanks and he's like no i said nice boobs and then she's like thanks <laughs> he's like the boots are nice too it was she's like, so okay, awkward we... it was so awkward and weird and then they're banging and like i know that they're like literally having sex but for some reason it looked fake to me <laughs> like the overhead shot like the way that they're thrusting is just so not in rhythm with each other well here's another fucked up thing did you catch this because i didn't catch it until we watched it but uh they're 69ing with each other and then i swear to god they had to have fucking adr'd this but he goes they lied to me about asians <gasps> what and i was just like okay. i did not catch what? that i did not catch that swear to fucking god swear to god when they're 69ing it's an angle like basically of the side of them oh and, my god yeah horrible he either says they lied to me about asians or he's like it's not true what they say about asians or something oh like my god that. What did they tell you about Asians? I want to know. And how about we don't repeat it? <laughs> but no that's a, need for that's, that. That's the kind of bizarre character shit you get from watching these movies. Like, we've had it in, like, almost every other movie that we've watched where there's, like, usually it's something to where it's just, it's just rape, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're like, no, it's sex. And it's like, no, that's rape. And they're like, no, 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 no. But, but. Yeah, we're starting to find that these films are a little distasteful in yeah. some regards they can be problematic very problematic you know because because we had the whole thing with um what's his name in in sex world oh god <laughs> let's just not let's just not even get into that <laughs> i mean fortunately it's it's as racist as the movie gets but even still it's yeah like, it's pretty bad it was so it's weird it's pretty uncomfortable <laughs> and like i didn't notice it the first time we we're watching it because i was just like i was still blown away i was like they literally are having sex on the mattress that the other couple just had sex on. And I'm like, nobody notices. That like, was a lot more distressing to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. I could I draw the line at animal cruelty, that gif or whatever, the chick from community. I can excuse racism, but I cannot. And she's like, you can excuse racism? But you're like, <laughs> I draw the line at a dirty mattress. <laughs> Look, the racism um, isn't the problem. I'm this joking. is unsanitary. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so then after that, uh, that's when we got the great name, Scorpio Sal. And then we have the, the conclusion of the film where Rich, not Rick. Oh, Rick is tearing it up on the dance floor. His moves in this scene are like oh, next yeah. level. He's having a, This actor is clearly having a lot of fun right now, which love it. 
love that. Um, <laughs> well, and, and before that, too, like, Carla comes back, Ronna Jo Petty. She comes back, um, or maybe it happens much earlier. It's so weird, the sequence of things. There's, it's, there's, there's so much happening. All over the place. There's so much happening. But she comes and confronts Candyman. And she's just like, that was a dirty trick. Like, I want my money. And it was like, like that whole thing. Wait, we already had, talked about it, that. Too. Okay, okay, yeah. So we talked about the fact that he's a bad pimp and he's got bad business practices. Yeah, like, and that the whole scenario is just bizarre. Like, this could have been handled a lot smoother. Uh, so then we get fucking Rich, whose wife, Margot has stormed out. The kid from the beginning who got locked out of the bar. Disco Peter She Frampton. brings him in. So it's like, oh, we're going to go back to this character. She like, goes up and she gives the security guard a hug and he sneaks, he sneaks in past in. her. I love it. He's like, Margot, great to see you again. Like, there's all this backstory of now her and the cop are, like, had a relationship. or We don't even know. Like, we don't where was this earlier? We're going to see it. And then... Uh, She's sitting at the table with him, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, ah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Let's just go dance. And then we see her husband at the bar, and he's like, mm. and then, like... Well, what's hilarious, too, is there's this other woman who posts up next to him, because, like, he sits down at the bar, gets a drink. This other woman posts up next to him, and she's, like, kind of, like, trying to make eyes at him, and he's literally like, bitch, nobody talk to me. And she notices that, and she's like, I guess I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, not <laughs> There's like loving this, like, this little energy. character, like, no this. dialogue whatsoever. See, you like, know it's what? It's all visual storytelling. Fuck and I was anybody just like, who's saying that these nice. people can't act. There is That is acting right there. The fact that nothing narratively happened, but, like, we could tell there was, like, a tense dynamic. Like, that is some good acting. Yeah. Bravo, everyone. And then this guy sees his wife on the dance floor with this dude, and he just busts out a gun and starts shooting up the dance floor. Very intense. Well, he would have shot up the dance floor if not for the heroics of Scorpio Sal, who's like, look out, everybody, he's got a gun. And then it gets in, like, slow motion, and there's, like, these sound effects of people like, ah, no, ah, yeah, and, like, well, it's that weird 70s, like, slow motion to where, like, it was like, everything moves, like, weirdly slow, and then also just the sound of it is, like, real drawn out and, like, pitched down and shit. It was a vibe. Yeah. It was super dramatic, which just also just came out of fucking nowhere. Right? Like, this was not the tone of the film at any other point. Because we're sitting there, and I was like, I was like, what is going to happen when this character comes, like, is there going to be a fight, or are they going to be, like... Is the movie going to end with them, like, double-teaming Margot? And it's like, no. The movie ends with him pulling out a piece and trying to shoot up the club. And then fucking having some rando guy and Disco Peter Frampton try to fucking wrestle the gun. Like, well, weirdly I, enough, I the security was... guard doesn't come in to save the fucking day. Yeah, he didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, but it seemed you like... one job, buddy! It seemed like everybody was okay, because then the next shot is, like, all of our characters that we were so worried about running out of the club, and, oh my god, Rick fucking running out, and he's like, this used to be the hottest club in town! And his run, oh my god, it reminded me of Scott Evil... And Austin Powers, when he runs, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, it looked like that. It totally looked like that. And so I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then it cuts back to, like, in the club. And, oh, I think this is when they said her name. They're like, Carla, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, 
I guess I'll be fine. And then like walks out of the club all dramatic. And then the song, and which there I'm like, God, like why wasn't she in this movie more? Like she's fucking good. Yeah. And then like the music, the great song comes back on to close out the film. And we're panning over the like trashed club. And there's like a thong on one of the tables. <laughs> and then like the credits come up and we get a list of every actor in the film, but nobody has a character name. Cause they're like, nobody watching this fucking knows yeah. who any of these characters are and we were not clear these people ourselves. are in the movie it's up um, to you to figure out who they play start drawing like a like a chart connecting the dots of who's who <laughs> like, actor's name on one side character names on the other you gotta fucking line them up <laughs> exactly exactly and then when that. it gets to like the crew like there's like missing letters so you've got to like write them in the bubbles like <laughs> C blank U C K Oh Chuck <laughs> It's an H. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so this is a fucking awesome movie. Yeah, you it know what? A... Again, did not like it to begin with, but the more we talk about it, I love this movie. Yeah. And I think everyone should watch it. I think that it's not sexy and it's not good, but it sounds cool and it looks cool. <laughs> Dude, if you like, okay, if you are into 70s aesthetics or if you like have this sort of morbid fascination with it to where you think all of it is just so garish, but you cannot stop looking at it like a fucking car wreck. Like, yeah, this movie will satisfy both sides of the aisle in that regard. Because it is like, love it, it or hate so it, you're gonna 70s. have a reaction. Yeah. It is just like, like, like literally. I feel like if you crushed up the DVD and snorted it, you would get a fucking buzz. Like that's now how I want to do that. Now I want to do that. Yeah. Vinegar oh syndrome. Send us another. Send us. Send us a DVD made out of uh, cocaine. Send us a. We will snort it and we'll post about it and leave you a five star review. Love that. Love <laughs> that. Okay. Now I gotta tell you how I would have made Disco Lady a better movie. Okay. Okay. Now I do not remember what my pitch. For Disco Lady was back then on that road trip. But I was rethinking it the other day. The six hour pitch. Yeah. <laughs> this is as of today what my pitch would be. Okay. Here we go. The film opens up. Rhonda Joe Petty. She's walking down the street. But she's not hitchhiking. She's looking for a ride. Because mm. she is a call girl. Like let's just go there. Let's just make that's what's happening. So a guy comes up. They do it. In, in his car and it's a great opening sex scene the guy doesn't really matter but we got her beautiful hair and her like next level rack and all like right away the audience is captivated now after they bang he's like hey babe do you want me to drop you off anywhere and she's like no it's fine my spot's right around the corner she gets out of the car walks a little bit over and there she is at the disco lady club she walks inside the guy drives away cut to the obnoxious wife in her house on the phone with a handsome older man and she's like you just don't understand and he's like when are you gonna leave this clown like we're in love with each other like and you know it and she's like but we have history together we have kids together we've been married for 15 years well, when do I get to see you again? Not this weekend. It's my anniversary. 
Bum, bum, bum. Then the door opens and it's Rick and he was the guy that was banging her in the car in the last scene. Oh my god! Twist! And then we're all like... <gasps> Character drama right off the fucking bat! Yes! We can tell that these people hate each other and it's because they do. And that's part of the story. <laughs> Cut to Rhonda Joe Petty back at the club. Ming Jade, who in this film has a different name. She... <laughs> And is also a call girl. Walks up to Rhonda and is like, hey, what's going on? And you kind of feel like, ooh, are they kind of into each other? What's going on here? But it's a one-sided thing. Because Rhonda is straight, the other chick is not, and that's going to be a conflict. So they end up, you know, meeting up with Candyman. They all already know each other. They're already, like, playing the disco all the time. And they... The, the guy with the good hair comes in. And we have that bathroom scene, but it's a three-way. But during the scene, you could tell that she is very into the dude, but the chick is very into her, and it's uncomfortable. And then cut to the handsome older man who was on the phone earlier. Turns out he's married as well. And that's a little bit of a twist. And so then his wife is like, hey, I think we should go out. And she's like, and he's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Cut back to the couple anniversary shows up at the club. The husband is banging Rhonda Joe Petty. Now, Ming Jade is pissed. She's like super jealous. She starts banging the wife. Ooh. Another twist. And then we have those sex scenes happening and all these characters have motivations for doing it and interlocking dynamics with each other as the film progresses we get the other couple to show up at the club they don't know that like you know that these different people are hooking up with each other they get down there turns out that the wife's boyfriend is Rhonda joe petty's dad and that's why he pulls a gun because he sees that his estranged daughter is a prostitute in this club and that his mistress that he's deeply in love with is also there banging some chick and has a husband. And then he blows away Candyman? Yes. Oh, shit! I'm in. That's a good movie, I'm right? In. I'll watch this movie. <laughs> All right. So I gave my pitch earlier where I said people dancing, then they're fucking. More people dancing, then they're fucking. But the one thing that I didn't get to, and I asked this about this movie, and sadly you said it does not happen. And, and for the listeners, if you don't know already, nobody has sex on a light-up disco floor. That is how my version of this movie ends. We have the hottest couple, and they're dancing, and they're dancing, and they start taking off each other's clothes, and then they get down on the floor, and fucking everybody in the club surrounds them, and they start fucking banging on the light-up disco floor, and that is our fucking ending scene. That sounds like a good scene. Yeah. And Scorpio Sal is narrating this orgy. And he's like, and he's like, damn, ladies and gentlemen, tracks. they're really going at it. They are banging the lights <laughs> out on the floor. And speaking of bangs, no dirty backstage mattress. Wait, yes, dirty mattress. In my scenario, every location gets filthier and filthier until it becomes uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> you will, you will wish that you had the luxury of a crusty backstage disco mattress. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. If that doesn't sound fun to you, I don't know what does. Sounds like, like you're maybe not that fun. <laughs> no, I mean, just like Disco Lady, like, both the version that actually exists and the versions that exist only in our heads. Yeah. But now exist on this podcast, so... It's something, at least. I know. Now you guys could picture it. You could jerk off thinking about it if you want. <laughs> and I think you should. That was something that I was thinking about, too. Because when I was thinking about how it was fun watching this movie, just from the social aspect of you and I watching it together, and just kind of just joking back, just riffing with each other, um, but also just enjoying the movie for what it was, one of the things I thought about was when people like Bob Chin and like Gerard Damiano, um, Anthony Spinelli, when they're making these movies, as they're shooting them, are they thinking about like, oh, this is going to be really hot. Like people like are going to be stroking their dicks watching this. Or were they just literally like, hey, we want people to be turned on, but like our intention isn't to get people masturbating. That's the thing. To, to clarify for any listeners, you and I are not jerking off watching these movies. Like, whether we're watching them together or on our own, like, we're not... We're taking notes. <laughs> but, but even still, like, when you are just watching them, like, casually, like, you know, on your own, like, you've said before, like, this isn't the stuff that you jerk off to. Yeah, like, I jerk, jerk off, off to the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. But, like, this stuff, like, when it's good enough, like, it'll get, it'll help set the mood. It'll help get yes. you ready to... Yes. And so, like, I think that is, like, mostly the director's intention is to get people, like, together, like... Because here's the thing. If you have a bunch of people together in the theater watching these, because at the time you didn't have home video, you didn't have fucking DVDs and all that shit, like, you had to go to the theater, like, Travis Bickle, you know, and watch the movies there... You hear the stories of like, oh, the men would go in the theater and like jerk off and stuff like that and sometimes like leave during the movie because they got their load off. Like what the fuck? They're not sticking around for the plot. But the fucked up thing about that is like, that's a violation. If you don't get consent from everybody else who's in the space that you're in, you know, when you're masturbating, like that is a violation. Like fucking, that's what Louis C.K. got busted for, shit like that. And I thought about like, does anybody jerk off listening to our show? Oh, I hope so. I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. Honestly, one of my like biggest fantasies is to know that someone is jerking off thinking about me. Like, I hope to God that somebody is. All right. I mean, if you are jerking off right now listening to this. I consent. Like, finish, wipe yourself off, and then fire off an email. Vibe talking oh, at gmail.com. I'm going to be checking Don't send those us emails. Pictures. Don't send us videos. Unless it looks good. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, no, don't. 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 Please don't. Leave it, leave it up to the theater of our minds. To it's imagine. always but, better in your head. But yeah, Vic would like to know. I personally <laughs> don't want to know. I want you to write to us and be like, no, I don't jerk off. I watch the no, movies that you talk no, about. Then no, I jerk no, no, off. no, no, no. I, if they're, let's just, they could just not answer the question and then we could just assume that they did. If they say directly they did not, that's kind of, it's like, well, why not? Yeah. Hmm? And it's not like, it's not like a sex hotline, like radio voice kind of thing. Like people know what we look like. You can go on our Instagram, you know, vibe talking on Instagram. And there's also good vibe cinema as well. Oh, so much going on um, in good vibe cinema. So if you want to, if you want to put faces to our voices, like you can go and do that and then you can be like. Him, not so much, but uh, the other one? Mm. 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 
and then fire off an email and talk about exactly. But also, like, if you have a phone sex Yes, script. I actually was going to bring that up earlier <laughs> when we were talking. Okay, because in a previous episode, we said, I said, when, this actually all ties together because we were talking about improv earlier. I said in, this, from sex in the Sex World episode, I was like, I love Dirty Talk, but I never do it because I hate improv it makes me so stressed out you know why because i know you i'm gonna sound i'm gonna sound exactly like rick if i <laughs> if i don't have a script that's what's gonna happen and that's not gonna be sexy for oh, anybody yeah do you like that would you like more of that would you like even more of that and then i'm like uh, i don't know do i <laughs> wait yes i do i do quick grab me that glass <laughs> Hold on, there's some water in here. Let me just drink it real quick. Okay, hold on. Oh, also, I had to pee. Hold on a second. (laughs) I need a separate glass for the pee. I've been called out for that. I've been called out for that. (laughs) Call out. Call out for that. I always stop. No, that like every time when things are about to get fresh, I'm like, wait, hold on, I have to pee. Because that's what I do. Like, every time I'm about to leave the house, I'm like, wait, let me go pee first. Us today, about to record, yeah. I peed twice. I get yeah. Anytime I'm about to do something and I know I can't pee during, I feel like I have to pee before I do it. I got bad news for you. It only gets worse from here. No. But anyway. Your choices are, your choices are completely dehydrate yourself and be miserable or no, and that's peeing the thing every too. 15 I minutes. I don't drink water whatsoever. And Any- I always have to pee. Any drive that takes longer than 10 minutes, like, becomes this whole, like, panicked race of just, like, oh, I gotta get there quick and find a bathroom. Oh, my God. That's why the motor home in Arizona was just, like, the best thing in the world to me. We would just keep <laughs> driving, and I'd be like, <laughs> I'll be right back, babe. I'm gonna go pee while you drive. No, we don't need to pull over. I'm if you, fine. If you ever take a cruise, like, that's the great thing about it is, like, there's restaurants, there's entertainment, your fucking room. It's all in the same place. So anytime you've got to pee, like you're minutes away from a restaurant. There's also an ocean. You can just pee in there. <laughs> you're good to go. Yes, oh and you are God. so bold. But yes, um, yeah, we said in that episode, the improv is too stressful. If anyone wants to send us a dirty talk phone sex script, we will read it. And now I would like to raise that challenge can we get a scene from one of our disco lady pitches and we can do that scene? Yeah, okay. That would be cool. Throwing that out there if anybody well, wants to. It wants would have to, to be one that. of it would have to be one of your a scene. Oh, cuz your yours pitch. has no yeah. dialogue. Okay. mine, yeah. Mine has so much dialogue. Although, so please write you, some of it. If you want to write some dialogue for Scorpio Sal, um, you know, I'll, I'll do it You'll in do my fake Burton Gilliam voice, yeah. Yes, or you know what, if someone wants to write stage directions for your rendition of Disco Lady, we can read those. <laughs> okay. We could do a, a staged reading of the piece. Um, all of that he sounds fucking great. He stepped downstage, then he unbuckled his pants. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, well, do we have anything to plug? Um, one little thing to plug, uh... You brought up Boogie Nights earlier. We yeah. have a special episode coming in June, Gemini season, my birthday. Mm. And we are going to mix things up a little bit. And instead of talking about a classic adult film, we're going to be talking about one of the best movies ever, Boogie Nights. And we have so much to say. And I'm very excited. And then there's going to be a special movie that is going to be on my birthday, but I'm going to wait until we get closer to that to announce what Ooh, that is. Okay. But 
It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Which I and have not is, seen and I'm very yes. excited about. And it is adult pornography oriented. So stay tuned for that. Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm very excited. All right. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about this. Fun times. Yeah, same. So hard recommend. Put this on. And in the meantime, we've got Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all of the above. So check it out. And be downloading this shit. I don't even know how that works. Like, if you just watch it, does that immediately... Or not even watch it, just listen to it. Does that just download it? Yeah. Either way, do it, guys. We're not even it, asking guys. for that do much it. of a commitment. Just listen to us. You just, don't have to watch us. Just click on it and then go, like, do something else and have it in the background. You can listen to our voices and be like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, do that. this down. Do that. Definitely all of that. All right. I that's it for me. I'm going to say it. And see you.